I got a lot to say about this movie. Um, I like I like animals and weather. And if you animals. like animals and weather, here's a movie for you. <laughs> what do you got? What do you got to say about it, Lou? It's Jumanji. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the 1995. Welcome, welcome, can we call it, Can we call this a blockbuster? I'm I, going to. I'm yeah, going to. Just I'm going to call it. it a blockbuster. Quit asking. Uh, 90, 1995 <laughs> blockbuster fucking like hit Jumanji. Um, here's my hot. Here's my hot take. Elevator pitch. Why I was so into this fucking movie, as both of you guys know, I grew up as an only child for an extended period of time. I spent a lot of time reading, playing with GI Joes and fucking uh, Legos, right? And cool, cool the guy. book was originally the book was originally uh, written. It's a child's book by Chris Van Allsburg, who did the illustrations and the writing. Oh my god! And there's a lot of similarities in this first movie. I know when we get to the other movies, I'll want to talk to you a little bit more in depth. But we'll mention um, it then. I, I will mention this is it then. Part one, ladies and yes. gentle folks, oh, we are doing yeah. doing the Jumanji trilogy that was reignited rebooted re whatever you want to say in like 2015 with Dwayne the Rock Johnson and such but part one Robin Williams 90s Joe Johnson dude when's the first mm-hmm. time like it just feels like a Joe Johnson movie man feels like it it's got I don't know feels. I thought honey I shrunk the kids was a Joe like a good feels Joe Johnson movie I thought the Captain America: The First Avenger was also a good feels Joe Johnson. We, we can keep going. Want to keep doing it? Let's. I let's mean, I was going. talking more yeah. within like eighty nine <laughs> to ninety five time frame, but yes, yes. I, I understand what you're saying. I'm talking no, in that time frame. No, 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 no. Yeah, you're very, you're very right. Something about him just doing eighties uh, or nineties thing, but then you know, maybe it takes place in the forties or fifties or sixties. Classic, mm-hmm. classic. Hell oh, yeah. So yeah, lot lot to say about watching it a bunch oh, as a, as an only child. Sixty nine, mm-hmm. dude. Sixty nine. Yeah. No, the 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 big thing why this one why this was such a big deal to me is because again I I read the book a lot growing up. My mom had read it to me, and like I was obsessed with it because for those of you that haven't seen it, and we'll like we'll post pictures on Instagram and our stories or whatever. But like they're these really, really intricate, like hand drawn black and white illustrations and they're gorgeous. They're extremely detailed. And like what was really cool about all of his books um, is that you can really get lost like in his illustrations. That's like one of the big points of like his books. He both writes and illustrates these. So just real quick, Jumanji, essentially the book, and then we'll move on. We'll, we'll move on from it. Two kids, Judy and Peter, they're home alone. They find a board game in the park called Jumanji, Jungle Adventure Game. The black and white illustrations, again, in the book are beautiful. They kind of set the whole tone and the vibe of this. Um, what was really cool is that in the book itself, it completely calls out the fact once the game has started, it is not over until one player reaches the end. They reach Jumanji, which in the game is an actual like city of gold. Um, and what's, what's also really cool about this is they hit on a lot of the main things that happen in the movies or the movie hits on a lot of the main points that happen, uh, in the book itself. There's a lion comes up, he gets trapped in the bedroom. There's monkeys in the kitchen, uh, rhino stampede, insect attack, like, etc. Um, and not to spoil it, but it's a kid's book. So I don't give a fuck. And it's like only oh 20 pages God. at the, at the end. I don't the, give a fuck. <laughs> At the end of uh, at the end of the book itself, Fuck the parents kids. come home. Uh, the parents come home. They were actually leaving. They left the two. Ki- they left Judy and Peter home alone. Um, they come back. The house is fine. They end up leaving the board game out in like the park where they had gotten it, 
and two additional kids come up and take it. So it's like, you're supposed to kind of, it's like at the very end of Jumanji where it's like, does it continue? Someone right. else gets their hands on it in France or whatever. <laughs> like, tune in, the in next time. Exactly. This sequel, this never so, ends. So I, the drums I definitely, will find you. Everyone Jumanji. walks towards the sound forever. of drums. It's not just me who walks towards the sound of drums. <laughs> exactly. People in this film do it as well, apparently. Yeah, definitely Alan Parrish multiple times. It's an oh, attractive yeah, sound. Just... Oh, yeah. And Judy and Peter. Yeah. yeah. I really... Bothered that, by it. That was really cool, too, how, like, you know, the, the whole thing sets up, like, it's basically meant to, like, put the audience into the mind frame where it's like, this game is will not go away. It is timeless. You can yes. bury it and throw it in the ocean or whatever the fuck, put it in a stream. It is, people are going to find it people are kids are going to find it kids are going to find it i guess that's probably the the moral of the story yeah you know the, the, the just kids hearing drum noises i think they made it apparent that the parents can't apparent parents mm-hmm. our next hit exactly. single uh yeah so that's always a really fucky psychological like excuse me type of moment there you know mm-hmm. <laughs> i think and and one thing one thing i want to mention before we move on i think one of the reasons too um, why, specifically why I mentioned Honey and Strike the Kids is like there was a re- it was very interesting to see like a real like practical special effects driven film like Honey and Strike the Kids with Joe Johnson at the helm versus Jumanji, which had some of that, but also was really incorporating mm-hmm. that like early CGI, you oh, know, yeah. stuff, yeah. which like now it's like whatever. It looks fine, you know, it's it's a timepiece. It's like if you try and compare it to fucking an Avengers movie nowadays, it's like go fuck yourself. These are yeah. this was made in 1995. But no, like I know, yeah, it it's, right it's really when cool. Jurassic Park like broke that, and no one else was really getting that unless you were Steven Spielberg, you know. Well, so. that, that's kind of that's kind of the cool thing for like a director like uh, like Joe Johnson because he had experience again doing this same kind of deal, kids' adventure, an adventure movie with just yeah, straight he's, up practical he's, he's effects really like, and then and then it's yeah. like now i can do both now i can incorporate cutting edge uh technology mm-hmm. with actual practical effects as well and comp and see how they complement each other so like i just thought that's that's got to be a super cool experience for uh for a director to, to kind of live through both of those quote-unquote like production time periods right. um and, and do great movies you know I can, all, I can all tell across you the board was, you know yeah i can tell you it was cool growing up in the 90s and seeing it get better and better, yeah. and better because with the lens of me being like five years old seeing this movie you know uh, mm-hmm. i thought it was amazing thought everything <laughs> was like the best it ever was you know that was yeah there was no thought on my mind of like oh the effects are crappy like dude i got scared multiple moments when i was a kid from this mm-hmm. film i also I, like rewatching it now i almost cried like three times in the first half an hour because there's so many sad <laughs> fucking things involved dude, in the, the plot as well too. And it's the nostalgia of just, yeah, I uh, I mean, oh I know God. you're a little bit younger, Joey, so I'll get your take, but it was really big for me growing up because I probably saw it uh, like a few years after 95. I would have been like three then. It's a little too young, but I do have an older sister, very uh, similar to the Judy and Peter type of, you know, combo you got there. That was, yeah. that was, that was me and my sister. Sorry, Lou, you were uh, alone years but now you got like three younger siblings so i think you're good but uh <laughs> i got not, four <laughs> I <had the> lot, <laughs> yeah shit son mom and dad couldn't stop up in that shit no they, were, they could not apparently. they went to the canadian <laughs> i go skiing i think they did not <laughs> so joey uh 
when did you had to be at least you know whenever you were consciously aware 2003 or later <laughs> yeah right right about that dude this is like one of the earliest movies like i remember watching from like my childhood I've seen quintessential so childhood many... movie yeah dude yeah i've seen this so many freaking times re-watching this movie just like just made me feel like really good like it's been a long time since i watched the original Jamal and holy shit yeah like, me too, I, really need, I, re- I really needed that to be honest with you but, like, <laughs> we all we but, all need it we all need everyone go watch but, like it. for a few years this is like one of the movies i used to like go to sleep to every single night as a little kid like, god I damn just... dude this is like a gateway horror for me and you're falling asleep to this shit i was like thinking a lion well dude it's because i've seen it so many attic. fucking times when i was young dude like i've seen uh, this I like was, I, was I was like when i was younger <laughs> yeah i mean oh yeah it used to terrify me especially like the stampede part with all the fucking animals i was like oh, my oh that's god, okay you're gonna die well I, yeah it's one of those weird peter things. in the car yeah yeah well that, that too and like dude with the mosquitoes that scared the shit out of me yeah there's multiple dude, the fucking, the scary spiders <laughs> for some mm-hmm. fucking reason. It was because yep. of fucking eight legged freaks or whatever, probably. I don't know. Yeah, eight legged freaks. That's <laughs> that a good reason. My, that was one of my favorite movies like growing up too. <laughs> I know, right? Because that's times. that's when you were like three years old when that movie yeah. came out. Yeah, I was literally. three when, when Jumanji came out. So it's cool to see the lasting like childhood appeal of parents still almost a decade later, like showing their kids this movie, you know? Yeah. Since mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it's that. It's like one of those movies. It's like Toy Story, you know, like it's going to go through. Gen- like, it's just yeah. that kind of a movie and it holds up. But also, like, like I was saying, like, horror is just one example. Oh, like, yeah. ga- gateway action, gateway into that new 90s CGI type stuff that Lou was mm-hmm. mentioning, you know, like it was really just a vehicle to like all these genres kind of combined into one. Like, it's serious, it's scary, but there's humor, there's lightheartedness, there's shit that's going to make me cry for some reason, nostalgia and whatnot, you know? I don't know. <laughs> just a lot of dead parents shit is kind of sad. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Way to make easily in a movie so um yeah it's but good 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 memories you know like i i, I oh, had yeah. fucking bo- i had the board game dude played with my, my family like i was terrified of having to get stuck in the jungle <laughs> absolutely I'm so badly i so dude, badly wanted that dude i so if badly I missed wanted that one game. turn i was just like yo somebody better roll a five or eight or whatever it is <laughs> real soon i'm gonna i'm gonna lose it in here because I was just, I, I was like, I'm gonna get sucked in. I thought that sequence of when he gets sucked in, it's fucking terrifying, dude. <laughs> I he like twirls so around bad. and just you fucking made it. You just wanted to become like a... plasma. You wanted to become the air. Lose your bones. Get sucked into like a, like a fucking whatever gem type of thing is in the middle of that it has to be the most scary thing on earth it's they make sure it's the scariest fucking thing because then when he comes back 26 years later it's just like bloop, just like appears you know there's no fucking creepy way of nah. you just went through the shit now we're just gonna blip you back into existence easy peasy lemon squeezy oh but remember how fucking terrifying it was when you swirl around and the wind blew and got sucked into the gem thing forget about it Forget about it. Oh, you never saw the jungle back then. That's what I thought was a little scary. Was like that you see all these creatures coming from this area that you don't see that apparently is actually in the past because Van Pelt is from the 1800s, like Lou said, or whatever. What the fuck? What? What is the jungle? 
There's so many questions and things to unpack right there. Like, oh my god, I got, I got nothing else besides just pointing out a bunch of fucking great sequences and things in this movie that I like. How about y'all? Anything in the, in the beginning half of this film that sticks out to you now, or did when you were younger? I just said getting sucked into the game freaked the shit out of me. But drum sounds, hey, yeah, honestly, uh, the drum sounds when he finds the Jumanji board, like after getting beat up by those bullies or whatever and he's crescendo. like crescendo yeah. yeah he's like oh man i fuck this shit i fucking hate this and he's like oh, I he, he, he swears for sure on. yeah oh yeah he's totally swearing his fucking <laughs> crazy swearing joey's like impression of a fucking pg movie <laughs> fuck this fucking shit fuck yeah mean one it was good for well, us, joey yeah yeah he mixed you, up you know <laughs> but anyway Ray when he, find, when he finds <laughs> yeah with that part piece. yeah right, when he dude. finds the when he actually like finds like the board yeah i love that scene man it's a good scene it's building I, a lot of plot with the characters yeah I like that yeah Ooh. i thought it was i thought it was interesting kind of how they set like the whole thing up where it's you know he's got to go to like you know the academy and he's going to get out of like his essentially schooling situation because he's being bullied and you know, you get the sense that he's kind of a f- not. I don't want to say a loser. He's just picked on because his family's mad rich. Yeah, they own the shoe factory. You know, like For which sure. sucks. Which like sucks because it's like, and, like just shoes. Not good. Not sneakers. He just doesn't have it. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't, doesn't have all the friends. Exactly. Doesn't have all the girls. The poor guy. No, but Mike, as you. As you had as you had kind of made uh, mention to at the very very top of this, I also really really loved like David Allen Greer, you know, like <laughs> essentially trying. They teased the fact that he was going to revolutionize sneakers. Yeah, you know, like he, if, Will, if I get Wilt Chamberlain to wear these, man, everybody's going to be getting these deals. Out. <laughs> it's just that, so insane that is, to me. That is 1969. Wilt Chamberlain, you hear that mm-hmm. name? Money, baby, and I just, uh, I just liked how he's got like the, the cool, cool fro, you know, alluding yeah. to fashion styles and how he's hip because he's young. And then you see him as the fucking cop, and he's not like burnt out, you know, on that, but he's kind of like at the Danny Glover level, probably. And the weapon, he's got gray on the, or, like Reed Richards he's or something, career, you know. Right? He's definitely been doing shit because it was twenty six years later. So imagine he was like in his young twenties or something, probably. Mm. That's that's what I like to think of is like the actual age gaps of shit happening. Like I think when Alan would come back, he'd be almost forty years old. That like the entirety of like what could be your youth and young adulthood in the jungle. This is why I'm mm-hmm. terrified. You get what the sequence and 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 all of that <laughs> took you twenty six years to roll the dice, dude. Like they just abandoned the game. <laughs> They didn't, even, they didn't even read the free. Well, they didn't know. They didn't know. Right. Wow. You, you know the what? instructions later <laughs> on. That's what's ridiculous. Yeah, I know. And the instructions are like, bam, right on the. Dude, they're very like, large like, and they're right there. Yeah. It's like, it's like people coming to the grocery store and using the 60s self-checkouts man. and not realizing you got to tap start to start the fucking machine. How come this won't or, work, or just... Mr. Craig? Excuse me, Mr. Craig. I think one of the things too that I really, one of the things too that I really go on, Lou, go on. No, no, I was going to say one of the names. 
one of the one of the cool things about like speaking of like practical effects the game board that they used in the movie i was always so blown away because it's like i looked at like all right what board games not am i playing i've got monopoly junior clue junior you know my every once in a while i'd sit and like kind of play along and watch like risk but like yeah, this looked like a heaven a heavy wooden car hand carved board game like that was unlike AF. anything I've, I'd, I'd, I'd ever seen. It, it was insane to me. It was just insane. I, I, I was so – I was interested in it because, again, that was outside of doing shit by myself. It's like when I was with my, my cousins and stuff, we would play outside all day. And then it would be like, all right, we're going to go inside and play a board game or whatever. Oh, you would so have it's loved like, to have gone up in the attic and fucking torn through seven other games <laughs> on top of a stack to find this jackpot, baby. Just it looked <laughs> – it looked heavy, you know, it looked like a yeah. real fucking game, a real dangerous fucking game. I might add too, but you know, <laughs> as a kid, you're like, fuck it, let's just play the it, you most know? Sharp pieces game. Inside. Be careful. Mm-hmm. Like, it's magnetized, bro, or microchips. So crazy. Yeah, microchips. <laughs> Speaking of that, let me just get out of the way because in the beginning, there's a lot of like mirroring of uh, shots specifically. Uh, mm-hmm that we see in this and i i don't know it's the stuff i didn't pick up on when i was a kid that watching it now or as an adult i'm just like wow this is really put together very well because there's like the opening shot of the parish house multiple times in the 60s and then in 1995 and then of course when the earthquake happens and it splits in half and then at the very end the last shot it's fucking christmas you see the front of that house i'm pretty sure that was the same house that they were yeah. just yeah. grown up. Yeah, right. Yeah. Somehow his parents moved and they'll get them at the airport, I guess. They live in Florida now. It's Seinfeld. I don't know. That's what I'm getting out of it. So <laughs> that's one of the ones where I, I just, I don't know. Something about that. Something about each time they start the game. It's even if they're not in the main room, when they open it up, there's always this camera angle of like the two of them on the side. And you know what I'm saying? Like when the one is the fireplace in the background and it shows the mm-hmm. two of them profile views of the two kids. It's the same oh, yeah. thing when Judy and Peter first open it in the attic. Like right as uh, when, when they're looking at the pieces that are already there and shit and Peter oh, just shit. takes the ones out and they magnetize. Yeah, it's that same shot. And when they all get back together, like the four of them, you know, half an hour later or whatever it is, same exact shot, but the four of them are around it. So you can't see like somebody's face, you know, you see the back of their head It's just little things like that, that it's just like, it's mirroring it through the decades as well is what I think of how you said, like, it can't be escaped, Lou. Look at kids that found this and then boom, almost 30 years later, kids, you know, like, yeah, it's inevitable. (laughs) It's really a like psychological horror like type of fucking thing. This is like a this is before Insidious. This is where Insidious got everything from. That's what I'm thinking. The, <laughs> the further, the further, my ass. That's the jungle. They're both fucking seven letter words. Oh my you're god, James Wan, you're not original at all. Just kidding. I love you, James Wan. You're great. But yeah, think about <laughs> that, man. Horror monkeys. They're a terror. They're an absolute. I was born in the year of the monkey, and this explains everything. But look at those monkeys in this movie, man. Every time they're doing some shit, they're always just like they're having a blast. Honestly, I'm jealous of the monkeys. I wanted to be yeah, the monkeys. That's, that's how. Yeah, that's how I want to be. Who wants to get sucked time. sucked in the game and fucking you know fend for his life for 26 years and grow a sick ass <laughs> giant beard and shit? I don't know why. I just I want to be a monkey and just steal cop cars and police fucking motorcycles. 
Like no, I wanted man. when they first <laughs> get wanted... out. There's a whole gang of them. They gather in the yard for like two seconds, and the one guy is like Caesar and is just like fuck shit up, everyone break, and they all just disperse instantly. <laughs> what a fucking it's like Turtle Squad or something. <laughs> nice. <laughs> they're, the, they're the badass, cool motherfuckers that are occasionally annoying to the main characters in this film. Yeah. They are the Squirtle Squad of Jumanji. That's my pitch. Go on, let's go. <laughs> what animals and uh, what animals and sequences, uh, you know, did you guys like whether it's for the CG or the practical or not? I'll get into that, but uh, just you know, rolls whenever somebody rolls, what are um, what are the uh, ones that the, stick out to you, you know? The lion in the attic when you can yeah. see him in the dark, oh, his dude, face and everything, dude, freak, that is that, so crazy. That, that that's might be the number one besides like getting sucked part. into the game, yes. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, Not especially seeing, when Kristen Dunst is like, it's an it's an hallucination, and it eases out of the darkness. And it's like, mm. oh shit, no, it's not. It's pretty, dude. That's what I'm saying. When I was that age, that lion looks legit. Once it opens its mouth, and she's just like, no, it's a lie. And then they run. I'm like, ah, oh. <laughs> and like they Terrifying. bounce right. Yeah, right during that... that sequence when fucking Robin Dude. Williams finally shows up, our boy, the hero, the best of the best of the men ever. And they bounce fucking... back and forth between practical and CG. It's like, it's terrifying. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Dude, uh, when the lion's like locked in the aunt's bedroom or wherever that, whatever, like maybe guest room or whatever that is. Yeah, Dude, I think it was her bedroom. Lion, I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's, it's her bedroom. Yeah, I, I thought so. Because she uh, goes in at the one point and then... Oh yeah, closes. <laughs> <laughs> but I just feel like that lion when he put his claws to the door would have like just gone through the door. <laughs> you know, um, like yeah, like that was that, that lion calmed down pretty quick. Joey, like, oh, this house, there's a, there's a nice bed. I'm just gonna. This is an old. Go to sleep on that shit. This is an old school, classically built by the hands of like 1800s humans. You know, this house it can. Thing. Those doors are made out of the fucking beryllium. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I can, besides the earthquake, <laughs> it's the natural disasters is what it can't handle. The vines, the monsoon, the earthquake. Yeah, yeah shit, you know that's shit kind of fair. That's kind of a, fair. a lion, a bunch of monkeys fucking with the fucking kitchen, giant ass mosquitoes that are for sure. That's just they come oh, back, dude. Yeah, that's terrifying. You know, you Lou, know what I agree. Got me. You know what <laughs> yeah. also got me when I was younger. Tell the me. Fucking... Uh, or you, you want me to guess <laughs> the monsoon? No, 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 no. Okay, no, 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 crocodiles. No, no. Oh, oh dude, the that, vines yeah, with the that. giant thing getting sucked in, or with Peter. I mean, getting sucked. Like, yes, into that's the... the scene I was going to talk about. <laughs> Speaking yeah, of like Brannis and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. That was a very little <laughs> shop of horrors right yes. there. <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. Venus flytrap looking that, ant that thing used to freak me out too because I'm like, it looks freaky. It looks so real. It looks. Like, I don't know. I don't know what that creature is. If it looks real or not, but I can tell you, it looked freaky to me. <laughs> is that I a real thing? Audrey, it's called Audrey too. An in- <laughs> insect. Oh my god! What? <laughs> I definitely had like there was two like roll sequences that I really liked, and they were kind of right around the same time. I definitely really really liked the whole monsoon sequence. Where yes. essentially, like the house yeah. finally is unable to contain everything that's going on inside. Um, I just really thought they did a great job, and it totally looked like real. Oh, it, it looks and insane, and the vines are already under it, yeah. though. 
that yeah, was it's great. not just the house like that they pumped it in. It fills up too, you know, like like in the game or obviously in the in the movie, not in the game. But I mean, like, Dude, you guys have seen that... some some hard ass rain. Not just the Christian Slater movie. Like you've seen some oh, yeah. hard rainfalls. Imagine like those African monsoons that you've heard about. That's it. Mm-hmm. The the rain yeah. comes down in heaps of gallons. Yeah, it's insane. So it's it. You're right. It is really good how they do that with how tall at least you know the house is, and it's yeah. just already a fucking river. And then David Allen Greer and fucking Bebe get to boogie board. <laughs> I love that. I love that's that so sequence. Funny. Yeah, that's I, the humor, the lighthearted. Like that was just fucked up. But then here's a little chuckle. This seems fun, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's open the door. <laughs> the door won't open. All right, I'll see, kick it open. <laughs> they get blasted. I love. Yeah, you just slowly <laughs> see something happening, and you hear the noise of it. Oh man, they were not prepared. I also, I also really liked. Um, the entire sequence where essentially Rob Williams gets sucked into the floor. Like, I also oh, thought man. that was really cool. <laughs> just just yeah. from like, as, as far as the, the general chaos quick sand. happening, it's the quicksand. It, it's just, I guess, right? exactly. Yeah. It's the, this, the whole, all the chaos that's happening at this point in the movie, it's like chaos. everything keeps getting more and more like fucking insane. And it, it's really great. Quicker too. You realize how yes. the roles like pick up as the movie goes on, they happen quicker and quicker and quicker. Well, that's that's what's crazy about that entire sequence because if you remember, that's when we see the spiders and like they're is yep. trying to like Quick blow at them or whatever. Perfect. Like it's just, <laughs> it's just like I love that. So I love that. It's so funny to me. Uh, it is so funny. I one of my favorite lines right before that too is when he's just like, "Okay, great job, everybody. Sarah and I would like to get out of the floor now. So can we please get to any?" <laughs> just like it's the delivery, it's the Robin yeah. Williams effect, you know. It's something so simple, but he's just like lightheartedly sarcastic. Okay, all right, great job. Hey, well, get me the fuck out of this floor. That's Joey's reaction of it. Like, <laughs> it's very funny. I love all that shit. You're, you're, I'm on board with all of you. I didn't know which ones like stuck out or what you thought was crazy effect wise. You know, like that, like the vines oh, that are real and CG, the way they grow is very like, you can tell at a point now that it's not perfect, obviously, but the way it like moves through the leaves where the leaves are real, that they still got mm-hmm. down very well. That was what I noticed when they leave the house is it grows through the leaves and i was like oh but those leaves are real like somebody's poking them out of the way at the exact right time with a green stick that's <laughs> mm-hmm. what i like to imagine is happening that's one of the gophers somebody didn't show up to <laughs> set that day hey i'm the guy that moved the leaves and the one yeah okay thanks brian cool <laughs> oh man i just watched the scene of the monkeys dispersing I love that that fucking scene. dude. Do you doesn't it? <laughs> so fucking, yeah, they're yeah, li- they, I mean they they're go, lined they up in a like row, pairs. military style. They're lined up in a row, and the one guy <laughs> kind of goes like, and then and then they all disperse into varieties. Ridiculous! I love that. They and start the song April 26, nineteen ninety two, when everyone is riding on the streets. Tell me, where were you? That is what that's what this is based off of. For everyone that doesn't know, Sublime really liked uh. Jumanji, and then Bradley died a year or two later. R.I.P. Bradley. Yeah. R.I.P. Little known, little known fact: jumping early on the facts section. <laughs> <laughs> Almost got through it with a straight face. Um, yeah. When I so 
getting to the mosquitoes for a minute where I thought it was freaky, just, you know, being allergic to all in, in sexual, <laughs> in sexual things. Uh, Noise. Insects. Yeah, no, nah, that's not a real word, I don't think, or it doesn't pertain to the situation. But I totally thought the that lady like died, and when the fucking ambulance picks her up, like, did we hit that car that hard? And it's like, no, nah, it's the fiftieth bite today. Like, dude, there was like four of those mosquitoes, and they just went around and fucking killed like fifty people. What mm-hmm. in the saint shit is happening? That is, oh, yeah. Apparently, a lot of fucking people during the day. Dude, oh, the well, little fucking basically, limes that they give you in the game too definitely make it more creepy. Uh huh. I mean, basically, Peter and Judy—they essentially they handle shit, so dude. much. Well, they handle shit, but they also simultaneously that destroy an entire also. town. <laughs> you know, sad. like they kill—they <laughs> kill so many people. You know, how many homeless people definitely die during that stampede. Oh, you know, yeah, the monkeys. A lot of like, people. we saw that. There's a lot of homeless people. So that's another. That's adorable. Yeah, eventually it's fine, but uh, that is a good... Eventually. Uh, it's another good mirror of the time that they're in, of how Alan the town the same as he does in the opening sequence on his bike, but it's 30 mm-hmm. years, or, you know, 26 years later than that, and he looks like Caveman Jim. But, uh, yeah, dude, that's... it's Yeah, and that, like, when he's going to the shoe factory, and then he still does, and it's all fucking run down, and you just see... It's like, ah, now this is what New Hampshire looks like, and because it's true. For, for most of the parts of the area, but anyway, lovely area, New Hampshire, New England. Who doesn't love it? It's the nineties. The Patriots are almost good. I'm wondering if, if originally when they wrote this, that essentially they wanted to have David Allen Greer be the dude who's living in the shoe factory, but then they're like, no, 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 we're, we got a better role for him because, like, it's just some <laughs> dude. It's just some dude living there with his it's dog, just some dude. and he gives him clothes. You know, like. There's a lot of homeless people. Why is he the only one? That place is large. I just, I was expecting, it's like when I watch it, (laughs) you could have fit a whole commune of of homeless folks. A whole colony of ants named Flick. Come on. Exactly. Exactly. They got to hide from Hopper. I know. It's serious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree with you. maybe, Maybe he's just not a friendly dude, but he's only friendly to Robin Williams because he's like a, he looks like a caveman He's and his dog like and his dog and his dog golden it looked like a yeah, lab like, yeah cute and his dog. dog they're just they're, they're real mean but they're just scared of rob williams because he's looking like a caveman and that so turned the call of the wild starring harrison ford and a dog see <laughs> that section also took place in a cold winter in the hills of the appalachian mountains that <laughs> pass through new hampshire yep we're just getting all the facts here. Getting all the facts. Uh, there was a lot. It was a lot of in the real area of Keene, New Hampshire. Though a lot of that was shot. That was pretty cool. It's where my cousin went to school. Keene State. Oh, sick. Something like that. Yeah, I don't know. So <laughs> it's, it's a real area, but the town of Brantford or whatever is probably made up. So. Seems like a cool town. Sorry that Peter and Judy fucked it all up, you know? Nice oh, they killed they many killed so many people. people. Many people. They gotta get in that car to hide from a giant mosquito that has killed 50 people already. And who knows what the monkeys have been doing oh, by dude, then. Thank God you brought that up. You know what's crazy? You tell me. They just steal, they just steal that lady's car. And there's like 
all the all the cops and every there's like no cops there or anything to like close off the scene or anything like that. She's just thrown in the ambulance. They leave her car. Just it's mayhem, bro. Mayhem is ensuing uh, at the current just, moment. You know, town is in the yeah, shit. I guess yep. so, but it's just damn. You think uh, it's just I feel damn. like they respond to some more intense calls if at that point, you know. Well, yeah, they're dealing with like, yeah, exactly. That shouldn't be that shocking. But, you know, still imagine like watching, you know, essentially your police car get stolen from in front of you and essentially have the shotgun go off and blast the top of the roof off. You know, like he's He's in disbelief. He doesn't know. He's in disbelief. Can we talk about can we talk about his fucking screaming in this movie? How fucking hilarious <laughs> that is! Every single time, it's just yeah, it gets David me Alvarez, every time. Oh, kind of hard for him to not be funny. <laughs> it's his face, the way he like opens his mouth. He's definitely extremely animated, like for sure. There's a lot this of entire movie. yeah, a couple good animated comedians in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> for like a not outright like laughing every second type of you know, yeah, vehicle. Yeah. Speaking of vehicles being stolen and stuff, yeah. Uh, I, you know, they weren't worried about like Van Pelt, the fucking postal worker that went postal or something that's going around <laughs> killing people, essentially. No, it's the insects, exactly. Well, because yeah. Van Pelt's only hunting Alan, they don't know that. I well, know, but <laughs> with a large firearm. Hey, yeah. look, we've already established yeah. we've already established that homeless people essentially run this this town. So like at this point, maybe right. he's just coming this is into April 26, 1992. Exactly. This is with a shotgun. Yes, this is... exactly. Shotgun. Where's where's Ricky at, dude? <laughs> no, exactly. you're thinking of wasn't the kid who was in small soldiers in that? That's fucking funny. That was like what? Nah, that was Joe. That was Joe with Dante a shotgun? On Joe's yeah, the kid, the soldiers. <laughs> They're very similar movies. I was gonna say earlier, Joe Dante and like Richard Donner have done these like children, like driven, like action, you know, type things. Goonies, small mm-hmm. soldiers. Yeah. yeah, it's very much in that realm of just like joyful. And honestly, this is this is up there with being one of the best of those. I'll put Jumanji up near the Goonies. I don't give a fuck. Look at me saying I, it and doing it right what? now. I, I will. I agree with you. I say I maybe Small Soldiers I, is, a, is a little underneath there. Nothing against the great voice acting, Tommy Lee Jones or anything. But uh, these two are in the upper echelon of that Honey, I Shrunk the Kids category that Lou was getting at, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I just, I, I just like, I just like the idea of trying to envision, you know, not Rooker Hauer, but in fact, watching, <laughs> you know, Jonathan Hyde walk around with a shotgun and his full Van Pelt gear in Hobo with a shotgun. I think yeah, that right. would be that fucking is pretty radical. With all, with, that would be pretty clips, radical. Every quip to, I can face mm. me like a man, Sonny Jim. <laughs> Me and my sister I, so, called each other Sonny Jim for a really long time. I'm pretty sure because of this movie. So, that was really so do you think? Do you Sonny think? And, and this this isn't because Jonathan Hyde played his father, played Alan's father. But like, like do you think they were? Do you think they were really, really hinting at the fact that like Alan basically hated his hated and feared his father simultaneously? So like, Absolutely. Van Van Pelt was representative of like his father's wrath and disapproval. Well, yes. simultaneously, we come to find out that it's like he was actually literally torn apart, that his son fucking disappeared, you yep. know, like 
it, it's I think seemingly it's a, thin air. I think that Van Pelt is like the iteration of what Alan's character at that time believes, you know? His, yes, exactly. It's, it's what he, how he thinks about his father and what he thinks his dad, you know, feels towards him. That's what I think. And also, I think that it mirrors uh, Peter Pan with how they have the father playing like Captain Hook and something like that, you know, wanting to destroy mm. childhoods or whatever like that. There's a very Some... weird... And and Robin Williams was in Hook, bro. What? Some might call what? Van Pelt. Uh, <laughs> some might call Van Pelt a manifestation of uh, childhood fears and or, or you know darling. concern. Yes, that's true. That's <laughs> no, true. no, no. That is a uh, that is really good. It reminds me of the old, great and still kicking Mister. You were in a nice movie that I was watching recently on cable that you shouldn't watch on cable. Con Air was on and oh. he might have a little manifestation himself with that girl <laughs> at that weird little air, right? That's what they say about that, isn't it? <laughs> That's just psycho psycho man who wears heads going through three states, you know? Maybe see, he was I, manifesting see, I disagree. That little girl. I, I disagree. She was definitely there because if she wasn't no, I, there, they, I wouldn't, think have, she's, they wouldn't have I shown the sequence of her waving that. at the plane. She, no, they that, wouldn't have shown that if she wasn't real. That's what I mean. I agree with that, but people do say the same thing about like that you know obviously was, Van Pelt was she really real. there obviously Van Pelt is real but it's like is his face just what like Alan sees as his dad mm. and everyone you know because he never really mentions to anybody like by the way this guy looks like my dad or I imagine he's my dad and yada 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 feelings you know mm. there, yeah, there's no mention true. of that maybe it's just like the faceless type thing where like he sees this this guy is that he sees his father's face in him and all those manifestations and shit that you're saying, he just puts on Van Pelt. First -hmm. of all, that's like the most dangerous game. If you take it back to the jungle, man hunting man of all these animals that are going around, that's just from the most dangerous game for sure. It's another book. He's Mm -hmm. still alive is insane. Yeah, man. The book's nuts. Yeah. It's like, it's like apocalypse now. <laughs> man, man versus man. One of life them in the jungle. Very small, and one of them is incredibly large, and was the Godfather. Yeah, it seems almost unrealistic. <laughs> but <It's legit. laughs> hey, it's legit. Uh, shit, dude. There's so many good things in this game. I don't even know where to go to next. You guys got anything you got to say? Come sure. Up. Lay it sure. down. Uh- so, rears. <laughs> so we, so I, I wanted to mention because we kind of had made jokes about like that sequence. One of my, one of my other favorite sequences is when Van, Van Pelt essentially like runs out of ammunition and he has to go and attempt <laughs> to buy bullets. So <laughs> like he yep. did. So, so check this out. So I did find out like through the Jumanji wiki, he was initially using a modified Winchester M1901 lever action shotgun rifle. So if you can wrap yep, your fucking you brains do see around the leather, that shit, action every time. exactly. But no, no, no. It's but, always funky. Uh, but I'm, the lever action should not be the most insane thing. It's the shotgun rifle. That is a combination yeah. of two different types of weaponry fused together in, oh, in an extremely yeah, okay. powerful <laughs> fucking gun. So what's crazy right. to me is that fucking Alan has been running around in the jungles of Jumanji trying to get away from this man who's hunting him with a gun that's meant to hunt fucking elephants, He's essentially. Ma- it's That's right. insane oh, to me. Like, how scary <laughs> is that shit, you that's know? Like, I mean. <laughs> that's why 
it's like it is the most dangerous game where he's hunting as if it's hunting like a giant animal. Same kind of bullets and everything, but you're hunting a man the size of you. Mm-hmm. What? He's tracking him too. Oh yeah, I exactly. I mean, you know, once he's sixty years, man, he is a survival freaking expert. Yeah, Lou, mm-hmm. I don't get it. You want to keep wiping with banana leaves? Apparently, no more banana. No more <laughs> banana leaves. No more banana leaves. A three Dude, so, hour tour. A three so he basically, he, and and just for just for everyone's situational awareness, so he traded in his uh, Winchester and he ended up buying a Daewoo USAS twelve, which is uh, the essentially the modern equivalency to what he had for. It's a Daewoo USAS 12. Motherfucking Daewoo. So like uh, the, yeah. <laughs> I like the, I, also, I also like the fact that he bought he essentially purchased this weapon with like what what we would call like a comically large pile of like pirate gold. Gold you blood know? money. Yeah. That's <laughs> you know that that shit's worth three to four to ten times more than that the weapon dude, the dude just takes the papers away right instantly <laughs> what, does he say? He's like, I'm sorry. what does he say he's like i'm sorry there's a waiting period and he like pours out the gold period. coins you'll like, have to fill out these uh, forms dumps yeah. out the gold and he just goes or i can fill them out for you and pulls it away pulls them away <laughs> they I close like up the money. store so good can we just talk so about good. how terrible that looks right now in 2022 oh, in yeah. america oh it's mm-hmm. not easy to get a gun hey here's a guy that just time traveled out of a board game from another period and we just gave him a fu- oh man talk just about psychos they just gave him a gun this is a problem everybody mm-hmm. and go to your local councilman and make sure that you say to outright gun laws so one eight hundred. Could we could we call this like a time travel movie? I was thinking about that before we started talking. Like, can we refer to this as a time travel movie? There's a time jump, a pretty noticeable time, jump, time jump integral to the plot, you know. But Correct. one of the characters is like trapped somewhere, comes back, mm-hmm. and then it's all reset. But that's what's weird about when they mention Van Pelt is when they break it that like he's from the early 1900s. At mm-hmm. least because that's when the gun he got is from like they stopped making the gun then, so he's at least from that era or earlier, not later. <laughs> earlier. Right, probably. right. Well so, that's like, what I is that's the what I was jung- thinking. Is the jungle like some type of quantum realm upside down type of like gateway thing? Time is either different or you know, is not the same as me, right meow <laughs> as me that's what i'm getting out of it i can't think too deeply on the time travel stuff but do you want to no 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 Be- my head right now about this fucking movie now no it's because i was dude i, I was child, i was thinking movie. earlier i was thinking earlier how the fuck do they go back in time so like this whole reality is just like cut to an end right there like Thanos snapped his finger and it's all over right I know I fully I don't fully understand but what (laughs) I wanted to always imagine is it's just like when you complete when you yes when you complete the game you go back to like right where you started from as if they return the fucking infinity stones right in the place of where they grab them when they can time travel you know when the game is finally completed 
you so like that's what's fucking nuts about like peter and judy not existing and then they don't even remember any of it they're alluding to at the end i suppose right well yeah. that's that's well, what yeah, i'm that's saying what I, that's why i'm wondering like is yeah. it a time travel movie because i think they, they like, go along oh, one yeah. variant they go along one variant path and they correct whatever issues need to happen and then they go all the way back and then at the end again robin williams still living in the house they end up meeting peter and judy but this time they don't re- they don't know who they are yeah they don't although they did in a previous timeline right essentially Just bonnie hunt and robin williams no but that's what's yeah i mean for their two characters it is like they're marty mcfly and everyone else is the other you know like they're the ones that experience that and then judy and peter out of that because they don't come back with the knowledge of it like you know there's the whole shit with the dad right when alan comes back and shit but then immediately after he's like holy smokes judy and peter and it's pretty okay acting for sure but, you know, that kid gets to get killed by Michael Myers someday. So everything equals <laughs> out in the end. H2O, baby. H2O, mm-hmm. same kid. Yep, he's only been in two movies for sure. But, you know, I that's what I would at least, if I had to really give an answer on it, for Alan and Sarah, when they are back as kids and are like, I'm feeling less like an adult. And, you know, there's like a weaning off of it, like a Pleasantville type effect or some shit, you know? That's mm-hmm. that's that's time travel for them too. Maybe it's in some alternate realm or universe or whatever Joey was saying like that, you know, where only they experience it and have the memories from it, you know. It's kind right. of not dude, once you I mean, once you open the time travel door, like look at us, we've probably been talking about that for like 10 minutes now. Like that's that's <laughs> that is that is what happens once you open up the time travel concept, man. It gets way nutty. It's a whole new world. <laughs> There's two of them basically did all that and then it's corrected, but then the other two like don't exist and have no memory of it when they do exist 26 or whatever. Fucking nutty. Oh, first man. off. Say they, exactly. None of that in the they, book, right? <laughs> none of that. Say none of that. Judy and Peter. Game, dude. He would just live his, the whole rest of his life in the fucking jungle and then there'd be the two lo- timelines like you know that's the one silver lining of judy and peter destroying the whole town is that they brought alan back you know look at that yeah he was really happy he hugged that they're gonna bring back the original timeline they brought back the original (laughs) timeline they had to cut the loose ends find loki because he's always causing some shit that must have been the van pelt or somebody i don't know no it can be david alan greer he's goofy enough i'll give him that (laughs) or the monkeys they're very mischievous it's the monkeys (laughs) <laughs> so you know so one thing so you know one thing that they didn't end up addressing too which i thought would have been very interesting is what essentially well what it would it happened to david david allen greer oh you know what you know what so i i just want to say something because it's it, it this totally this bothered me yet again and it bothered me when i was like you know watching this in high school and stuff there are multiple moments in this movie when kirsten dunce reacts to a scene like she like screams or yells and you know how she like does the whole thing where she's like i manipulate adults you know what i'm saying yes and, and she like she does this like she's reacting she's like reacting to like stuff that comes out of the game and i know that in the movie it's like she's supposed to be genuinely frightened but like it's totally like non-genuine like her screams like ah! like she reacts to something and i remember like just especially yeah. on these, like <laughs> last few rewatches, i'm just like oh i was like 
not believable. You're about as believable as John Travolta being a high schooler in Greece. Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, come on now. Like, she was in an interview with a vampire already and shit. So, like, I guess she was just already, like, child famous. So it didn't matter. But that's kind of what I was alluding to with, like, the the children sequences, you know? Even with the young Alan and Sarah. Like, they're, yeah, they're kids. Not the best once you get Robin Williams and fucking David Allen Greer in here with Jonathan Hyde and Bonnie Hunt, like it's, it's yeah, real people, you know, the kids, I don't know. They're kind of just, they're, they're kids. They're kids for sure. Kristen Dunst mm-hmm. obviously grows up and is, is better in things. She's in Spider-Man and you're great automatically. And, you know, she did cheerleading movie and stuff. Marie Antoinette, dude, like. She got nominated for an Oscar last year, I think. So apparently she's good. That's what I'm saying. But yeah, it's, she's I don't know. Good. There's bits and pieces of the kid that played Peter where I'm like, eh, this kid's pretty good, you know, out of the bulk of them, like being genuine with the situations and shit going on. And then there's a few where it's like, nah, I'm, he's just, he's the quiet, creepy kid in the beginning and then just yeah. come, comes out of his shell more or something. I don't know. They definitely set up like a lot of weird things about those characters, but yeah, Lou, Lou, were you saying they don't come back to the thing with David Allen Greer or were you talking about with, well, so what I was essentially, what I was thinking is like how cool it would have been if, you know, essentially they go, they obviously go back to the night in question, which if you remember, Alan had already essentially destroyed the prototype sneaker that yes. he was going to present. Right. So the parish or air parish or whatever the fuck the name of the shoe is, I think it's called <laughs> the parish or something like that. Yeah. So like, um, they used to call me, they used to call you soul man. Like, soul I, just, man. I, I was really, I was really <laughs> hoping shoes, that like, dude, I know that's shoes. what I'm saying. This so is like for everyone I, I else really, out there, I trust. Oh my yeah, no, I, I trust you. I, I really no, I never clicked. It never clicked. <laughs> <laughs> today, TIL. Today, I today Joey learned. Um, <laughs> Joey learned something else about shoes, guys. So yeah, you will you will all understand soon enough. You'll all understand soon <laughs> enough. A bit of foreshadowing. <laughs> the time, but I'm sorry. I'm working on my callbacks, guys. Nice. <laughs> uh, I I thought at least uh, you you didn't think they brought back like the mistake well, was made because at the end you know Alan does say like oh by the way I put the shoe on the belt you know so it means that he didn't get fired but did he go right. and like still invent the sneakers or whatever when we see him he's Correct. already p- playing the guitar looks like he's cool still got some soul this time not just in the soles of his feet obviously uh you know i don't uh i don't know exactly huh that's what kind a, of that's kind of what i was getting at like instead of the way out there answerable questions lou making us I, all look like the movie <laughs> buffs that we are we know so I, much now, i just i don't I, to know I, a lot we just have opinions so yeah, indecisive ones at that. But hey, I was really, uh, I, I was really, I, I think it was fapping. really. <laughs> I, I, that so did much. sound like he was doing a quick little fapper. <laughs> quick, um, quick fapper. That was the clap is fastest hand hand clap has ever done. The the fastest hand fap you've ever done is that we just fastest said? hand clapped Jed Clampett. <laughs> what happened to you? Did uh, the Clampets have a yard sale? Dude, that's. Uh, that still That's makes funny. me laugh. And I That's remember funny. when I was a her kid. Outfit, her overall. <laughs> it's so true. 
uh well what, what's great about that is like i remember growing up like i didn't understand what that meant and then it's like oh the beverly hillbillies like yeah, now i get it yeah you I know mean, so it's like there's it, a few things i for sure didn't get when i was young there were some the whole... jokes in there that was like what the fuck is Dude, that but I knew, every... it was funny the his delivery his delivery <laughs> yeah that's what was hilarious effect, the effect of mm-hmm. a, a god essentially that we had on this earth. Uh, I don't. I don't know if we need to like get into that right now or not. But like Robin Williams was for sure like my childhood hero growing up. He was just in oh, everything. Yeah. If you grew up in the '90s or the early 2000s, you, uh, yeah, all of you're too. <laughs> you you all feel that for sure, and everyone knows that he was just the most genuine, selfless like guy, and was a riot on set just to make everybody laugh, and you know. Finally got his when he got an Oscar for Goodwill Hunting, and you can just see he's one of the first guys in this era that went from comedian to like serious actor. Take me seriously, and like I'm gonna get recognized for it. You know, he did all that in the '90s. Won an Oscar, did that in the '90s. Same year he did Jack and shit. Jack shit. Same year. I just, uh, yeah, I don't know. Need to at least put that out there for everyone because R.I.P. Robin Williams. Still still one of the yeah. hardest hits even in this year of all these com- great comedians that have passed. He kind of, uh, he was he was a little bit younger, kind of led the way on the, oh boy, this is going to start sucking. Losing all of our heroes. Here we go. Fantastic. I'm I'm stoked. How about you? Tear. What? I th- cry. I think that's why I, I think almost we'll- cry every time he almost cries in this movie. I almost cry. Robin Williams. <laughs> I think what was what was depressing too it, after the fact is like it came out. I know, like right around you know after he had passed away, it's like we started finding out more and more about how depressed Robin Williams was, like in real yes. life. And it's oh, like, yeah. I'm not talking about like whatever greatest dad in the world or universe or whatever greatest, greatest dad in the dad. world. Like, yeah, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just in general, like some of his quotes, he would fucking spit out there and during interviews, it's just like, it's really sad. It's, it's, it's definitely like, it's probably one of the large, in my opinion, as far as like Hollywood and like famous actors and stuff, uh, American icons, let me just rephrase it. As far as American icons are concerned, I would say that this is one of the, the largest like tragedy tragedies for, for American like pop culture icons because I mean, he brought everyone joy. And then you find but he out was that, unhappy that he was unhappy the whole time. And that was like, I don't know, just, you know, talking about relating to shit in He's, that's not even in the movie it's just him as a person and i always would like relate to that not that i don't care about myself at all or anything but you know i'd always prefer to make my friends happy if i can and i'll take the miserable yeah. route you know just trying to be selfless but also like deep down that is just how i want to go you know or not like how i want to go you know how i how i want to be I, i'll care about other people if it means i'll take the short straw you know mm-hmm. and w- you can see that that's like unhealthy and it's not great. And the more that that came out after he passed and you see old interviews where there is a little mention of something like that, it all like it all starts to click and you just realize he probably felt like that for, I don't know, all of his life, like most people do. And this man brought joy millions, trillions, eons of, is that the right thing? I don't know. A lot of yeah. People. It's going to be a lot. And you know, he's just, and yeah, he'll always be remembered 
through time capsules, everything he did. So it's great. Somebody's going to go back and watch Mork and Mindy and just be like, that's where this dude came from. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like yes. And then and now go watch Mrs. Doubtfire and hook and fucking insomnia and get all of, all of that up in you. And the mm-hmm. Aladdin, get the voice. One hour just the photo, one hour photo, one hour photo. There's some, uh, there's some serious creepiness going on there for sure. Yeah. It's a good one that you can't, mentioned. Can't for sure. For, you can't flubber. Flubber, dude. <laughs> you can't forget about Flubber, the remake classic. Dude, yes. Also, mm-hmm. Robin Williams working with CGI, like, saying it felt my like, favorite, like childhood movies, dude. <laughs> that was around the same time for sure, like a few years yeah. after this, I think. Yeah, dude, classics. Mm-hmm. Well, Robin Williams, tangent, flowers on the grave, RIP. Probably one of the so, biggest RIPs we've got here, just based on, like you said, the tragedy and how he fell and also because he was like 50 something years old, you know, wasn't, yeah. wasn't that up there. Wasn't there yet. A lot of the guys we've lost recently. Some of them have been like in there, you know, Bob Saga was like 68, something like that. So, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, they're still not incredibly old. They're not, you know, Clint Eastwood still going, not anything against, against Clint. We're glad you're here. But like when you lose somebody that's in their sixties or younger now, it's, it's always gone too soon. It's like, yeah, yeah. they lived a full life, and it's like, no, nah, when Not when really. it's tw- <laughs> when when they're when it's a little that, that's where we're at now as society, or you know, as the human species with medicine and staying alive longer and whatnot and being healthy. You know, it's just I hope it wasn't he wasn't taking care of himself a hundred percent and was just focusing on others and doing movies to make them happy or not. You know, just make us more sad. But R.I.P. I'll always cry for you. So this is probably an appropriate time to inappropriate. Um, this is a, this is actually appropriate. I oh, oh. Um, I found I found a pretty cool article in the New York Times from 2017. Oh God, um, he's going to tell us how the jungle is just hollow earth. Okay, Lou. Right. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not gonna, I, we will get to that. We we will get to that. Boy, so this so this article <laughs> this article was written by Bruce Fats or Fratz and essentially it's it's an interview where it's all about the other individuals who are involved in the film and essentially about Robin Williams and how impactful he was to this film. So um uh Bradley Pierce who uh played Peter Shepard Peter Hamm. um he was talking a little bit about like the intricacy of like the monkey suit and makeup. Um Oh yeah, and yeah. It and he had said he said quote it was it was three and a half hours of makeup application every day for almost seventy days. One day early in the shoot, Robin Robin sat in on one of the makeup chairs next to me and kept me company and gave me tips on how to get through the application process because he had done it on Mrs. Doubtfire. He was incredibly yes. kind and generous with his time, energy, and wisdom. Now it goes on further in the article. Um, Joe Johnson's actually spoken to the director, and he said, "Quote: The studio said that they would make the film if we can get Robin to do it." He had passed in the original script and a bunch of us stayed up all night doing a cut and paste job and changed a lot around. Robin liked it enough to say yes. Um, So Bonnie Hunt, uh, as we know in the film, she actually plays Sarah Whittle. Whittle. Um, She she said of Robin Williams, she said of Robin Williams kind of versus Joe Johnson, like this would kind of happen like on set. Quote, Joe had a very clear vision. Naturally, Robin wanted some improvisation, 
So those two worlds had to meet respectively. We always did the take as written, but then Rob would ask Joe, can we please have one more, you know, for us? Um, and this is the last thing I'm going to share in that article. So they, they did shoot part of that film in Vancouver for like five months. And I guess the weather was really shitty. Mm-hmm. And Jonathan Hyde, obviously Van Pelt, as we've established at this point, he would say, quote, every Monday night, Rob went to a comedy club in Vancouver and did an hour and a half of improv with the locals. Then another hour and a half of solo stand-up. Three hours of burning off excess steam. He was glorious. So, like, just to kind of put you into some of these other, like, actors, the directors, like, other people, how, like, much of an impact he had on this movie for a script he originally passed up on. But they basically said, we will make this happen. The studio needs you. We need you. This movie needs you. And you need us to change the script. So we're going to do it. Correct. He is a go with you without who the fuck knows answering my common question of film have flown without certain actors playing the part. And it's clear that he is the guy in this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I could, without him. Could no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, it's like crazy. Every, it's, that's every it, Robin it, Williams movie though. It could only be a, him. They are all, mm-hmm. you know, maybe besides some in, in the later days of the careers or the real early ones, you know, world according to Garp or something like that. But like, I don't know. He gets to Moscow on the Hudson and Mrs. Doubtfire, dude. Like, who? No else? one else. Who no one else? else could pull that off. When you see somebody like this work and do that magic, and then just you know never quit and still go out to the comedy clubs and like meet the people in the town mm-hmm. and make sure they're fucking happy. Like, yeah, no one else. No one. Pure That's legend. Crazy. I'm crying. Yep. Shed another tear. Thanks, Lou. Shedding tears. <laughs> I had to, I just wanted to share that. Was I good. That, that was it was a good time to share that, yeah, you know, talking about Robin yeah. Williams. That is a good time talking about Robin Williams and that did cover a couple uh minor fact type stuff that I had for the fact section, which is nice. So, I can sum that up and skim through some other ones when we're ready, but uh I don't know. I I mean, I got a lot out at, about this movie and there's so much going on constantly whether it's the plot those mirror images of things obviously not realizing when i was a kid and just Mm -hmm. simple jokes sequences of crazy shit going on and whatnot and imagining you're one of the characters or something you know there's something for every person in this movie and if you've somehow never heard of it or have heard of it and reluctant or there's some type of way that you have heard the words Jumanji and not seen it. Maybe you're a little bit younger. I know our audience is typically older than us or our age, but if you're younger for some reason and you only know Jumanji as Kevin Hart and Jack Black and, you know, Karen Gillen, everybody love, they're great too. You're fucking missing out. But you need to the origin. You need to see mm-hmm. where this came. And go read the book if you can find the book as well and get those illustrious uh illuminating illustrations that's as ill as i can get is three ills and (laughs) and Mm -hmm. and and you'll just you'll have more of an appreciation the people that like you know having everything involved in the canon with the movie there's a board game there's a book there's an old video Mm -hmm. movie there's a lot on this oh well here's here's the last here's the last thing Here's the last thing I will say. I'm glad you it's mentioned that. Classic. So I want, I, I want, I wanted to talk about one thing. It was very short lived. 
Um, I watch a lot of cartoons on the weekends. On Saturday mornings, they what? would oh show God. on U- on UPN 43. I'm sure it was a different channel out here in Albany. Um, they had the Jumanji animated television show. And oh, that nice. was also so very true. interesting. Yes, if you can think about fun. the animation style of like the wild thornberries kind of vibe. And yeah, what was interesting about like the comparisons, the very what was interesting about the animation styles as well is <laughs> our boy, Tim Curry uh, did, did some <laughs> of the voice work in Jumanji as well as wild thornberries, as we know. Um, but the, you know, the, the actual, like the show itself was fine. It focused a lot more on Jumanji, yeah, like the actual right. jungle within the board game um i i i i enjoyed that a lot you know coming out in the mid 90s 1995 96 movie comes out in 95 shows out in 96 yeah a little I, later i was cartoons really i barely remembered it but it was on i watched it for sure yeah cartoons. yeah i mean they had they had a, if i'm not mistaken they had like three or four seasons of it and um you know it was it was one of those where it, like it wasn't my first choice of stuff like i was like more like i want to watch recess and like and doug and uh, spider-man Serious. animated series and shit like that oh, like basically between piece. fox and abc TMNT, and all that shit dude. but yeah. exactly so it's like i had shit that i wanted to watch but i would never not i would never turn off you know the jumanji animated series it was just one of those things it made sense at the time um but that that was also something i found to be very cool you know a movie does it right when it's like not only do we crush it at the box office but we're also now making an animated spin-off series and it runs for three years you know what i'm saying like it's just crazy it's just crazy yeah it is crazy yeah there's some follow-up from those people clearly liked it it was a really good one to Mm -hmm. be rebooted uh, or whatnot, re, re revived, reignited, and I'm, I'm those sequels. So I'm glad we can get into those. But Joe, you have any final thoughts or things on the film or feelings or um, it's stuffs words to say? Um, I don't think I really have any more words to say. To be honest with you, wow, I think you got a lot of stuff out. You got all the stuff. I got all the stuff out. I think, and you got it out. You got all the stuff out. It was from oh, that marvelous cool. hand fap. He got it all out. The stuff. We knew it was gooey for a reason. And he eats it. Hey, man. Hey, man. <laughs> You're the one who said it, man. <laughs> I am. You got, the, you got that new, you got the new headphones on. We can hear everything now. So yeah, we're, yeah, that, includes the hand, that includes the hand fapping. So. Damn, Yummy. Dude. <laughs> yummy. Hope you, yummy. Hope you got some Kleenex nearby. Uh, oh, I'm, yeah. but oh, I'm yes. ready for some facts. Unless you got a final thing, Lou. Um, I don't. I don't think so. I would just, you know, it'd be one of those things for those people who haven't seen it, which I hope wouldn't be a lot. But for those for those who haven't seen Same. it, um, yeah, watch it. What are you doing? A, watch it as <laughs> a timepiece. Yes. That's that's probably the first and foremost. What's wrong with you? How how <laughs> broken was your childhood? Were you a <laughs> broken uh, oh, level of childhood in Jumanji? Oh. Um, but no, it, it, it's definitely it's definitely the type of thing where it's like watch it, watch it, understanding that this came out at a time period where CGI was just starting to break into Hollywood and it was revolutionizing the way that movies were being made. Um, don't try and again, don't try and compare it to fucking an Avengers movie where the or time whatever. capsule. Yes, it's no, a time. It's, no, it's a time the 90s. piece. Treat it as such. Ask your parents. Come ask us, Lurking Class Band mm-hmm. at Gmail. 
dot com lurking class band official whatever it is yeah mm-hmm. okay yeah let us know we'll we'll guide you through the 90s mm-hmm. as we do and <laughs> or if it's just something as simple as you know tell me why you don't trust monkeys without telling me saying that you don't trust my i'll understand but you still little bastards they're very mischievous and i get it but they're not like that irl have you seen the jungle book they're much nicer okay yes yes and tarzan yep exactly you if you're an abandoned baby in the jungle yeah right that's exactly and that is (laughs) alan Paris, ladies and gentlemen another fact for you boom no it's Actually not, but there is a real fact, according to author Chris Van Allsburg, that mm. the word Jumanji is Zulu for, quote, many effects, which alludes Ooh. to the exciting consequences of the game, as mentioned in the film. Isn't that funny? Who loves, who doesn't love Zulu? Such an exotic Zulu. language. Yeah. Ooh. Do you think that, do you think they actually use that term that that term in like the movie Zulu? I'll have to ask Olivia Newton John. You most certainly should. I don't know. <laughs> but that's nice. I mean, I don't think I don't think Olivia Newton John I'm talking about like the Michael Caine vehicle. Oh, that's what it was. What was the thing that she was in? Sounds like that, that was Xanadu. Xanadu. <laughs> Come on, man. Get your get your they start with a Z. vehicles. Listen, I don't know. No, Xanadu, dude, Xanadu starts with an X. Xanadu starts with an X. Oh no. I'm sorry. I know I know <laughs> Olivia Newton John's musical career and acting actress career for some reason. She made the a big impact thing... on me. In, she made a big impact on me in Greece. I can't help it. Yeah, I guess. I guess not me. I I can only say that you guys are the ones that I want. Ooh, mm, nice, ooh, honey. It's true. Nice. It's true. But you know what everyone else always wants? They want Robin Williams. And if they and if you were in the town of Keene, New Hampshire, while this was being filmed in 1994, you probably loved Robin Williams because they. He just, everyone, they loved him. And they loved him so much that the mayor presented him with the keys to the city. And after his death in 2014, the Keene residents crafted a makeshift memorial of flowers and candles with a shoes sign. It still is there. Today, That's awesome. Till this day, whenever this was written, which usually these things are checked every year or two. So I like to imagine that the Paris shoe sign is still on display in Keene, New Hampshire, and that there's probably some type of memorial there for uh, the late great legend Robin Williams. That's awesome. That's so and they, cool. Uh, and they still to this day will have uh, public screenings in town uh, every so often of the movie. Just cause, you know, just one of those. Oh, that's, that's actually really, really cool. Yeah, right. You know, like why they play Sun a lot in Troy. Yeah, for sure. That's a thing. Anywho, moving on. No one so cares definitely... about Emma Willard. <laughs> So, you know, what's crazy, too, is that like and, and this is look, this is nothing against the lovely uh, city of Vancouver. But like, I like how they clearly shot the first part of the movie where everything is bright and sunny and beautiful. 
in you know in this actual real town on the east coast and then for like the run the run down ramshackle city that became overrun by homeless and destroyed by a child's board game they film in fucking vancouver Vancouver. (laughs) they film in vancouver like oh that's so i'm not (laughs) saying that as a jab at vancouver but it's just like oh man that's that's kind of funny just a little bit it is a little bit of one, but it was mainly too because Vancouver housed the largest effects stage in North America at that time. I'm not sure if it still does or not, but that was where they did a lot of those big effect heavy sequences. They built sets there, did shit like that. And for all who don't know, there were no live animals used in any of the sequences in the film. Mm. So no live animals could be harmed. Yep. All CG, all practical stuff. Anytime you see something that looks like, oh my God, it's a real monkey, you are very high and you mm-hmm. should be because watching this movie, Very Stone, is a whole nother experience for sure. But you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. it, it'll definitely make you feel a lot of the emotions that are throughout this. That is, oh, yeah, without a doubt. There was another location actually that uh, had some filming, I believe town called north berwick of maine just a little south of portland no, the no great shit. state of maine and that's right near the border of new hampshire so you know they probably just drove like an hour in to get to another town and that was specifically what i have here is the paris shoe factory was there in uh in the town north berwick and what people from like on this on the site have said, which is a site I've used before, uh, locations.com, mm-hmm. et cetera. Great classes. site. Yep. Uh, there are some comments of people saying in the last few years that they've driven by in North Berwick and they still see the Paris Shoe Factory. And it's not run down and all that junk. <laughs> There's not a homeless man living upstairs. Not a homeless man living in it. As far as you can see from like the outside of when he runs, you know, and everything just looks, <laughs> there's so much like shit and just trash outside and in it. No, like mm-hmm. this guy was like, looked great. Looked, looked like how it did in 1969. And it was just like, oh, all right, well, you know, that's always nice film locations, man. Not a lot of, a lot of things were a set is what it's coming to in a movie like this, you know? Mm-hmm. But like you said, it is very cool for what they did show. Lou, this kind of touches on something I think you mentioned earlier about like uh, the Van Pell or whatnot relationships getting a little deeper into the stuff with being his father and whatnot. There's a brief blurb from an interview here, a roundtable interview, it says, about whether uh, Alan Parrish's father was like Robin Williams' own father. And oh, no shit. <laughs> Robin Williams here admits a slight comparison he says quote he was a bit stern and kind of elegant and uh the actor robin williams likened the disconnect relationship between alan and his father to the fractured relationship between his dad and grandfather and he says here the quote the wonderful thing about my dad is he would never force me to do anything because something had happened early in his life where he didn't want that to happen to me and he had to give up a dream now he continues and says the Robin Williams, of course, says his father had been very wealthy when his dad died. So Robin Williams's father, when his grandfather died, they lost all of that money. And his dad was forced to work in a strip mine in Pennsylvania. 
So when, when Robin found something that he loved and his dad finally saw that comedy, obviously acting, he really loved it. And he liked and thought it was very nice that Robin could connect on that level. Never tried to hold him back or anything. And that's powerful as shit and kind of wild with the comparison of being, you know, sort of similar with the characters in the movie and shit. But also, uh, I have a father that basically gave up his dream to be a dad to my older brother. So I feel like uh, that's something that my dad would have really liked. Because as we know, when I was way too young, somebody had to show me these movies and it was my parents. So way to go, dads out there that don't completely destroy what your sons want to do in life. Woo! Mm. This, this one's for you, wherever you are, my neighbors. <laughs> it is very dark out there. All their lights are okay. It's 945 guess people go to sleep then yeah so powerful right mm-hmm. that's great i did not know that i think that's like one of the things that a lot of times especially with like i hate to say it but like when you have actors that are of that caliber it's like you enjoy them while they're here doing the work and then it's like only later on do you find that it's like they had some like very touching you know instance happen you know with their parents sac- not sacrificing themselves but kind of sacrificing themselves versus what we find out nine times out of 10 where it's like I was abused as a child and like I was just fucked up whatever you know like yeah yeah like this is actually like not that it's you know it's not that it's a little more touching because it's on the the vine of like how you know the original fight in the movie of when Alan Mm -hmm. doesn't see his dad and it's like I've only been gone five minutes feels a lot longer he basically says before that like Every parish has gone to this school, like your uncle Jim mm-hmm. Kirby or whatever the fuck, you know, like is where he is today because of that. So clearly this dude's father, Jonathan Hyde's character of Mr. Parrish was very influenced by his family or his dad. Maybe, you know, that is like an exact comparison right there of how mm-hmm. the switch from him coming back and saying you don't need to go to the fucking Briarcliffs Elementary, whatever the fuck it was called, Cliffside School for Boys. Yep, you don't need Cliffside. to go to that if you don't want to. You know, it was very much that way of Robin Williams's dad clearly being like something like that was forced upon me. I'm not gonna let that happen to you. You know, pretty much what everyone our age says if we feel like we're gonna bring kids into this world, we're not gonna force some. Sh- baby boomers about it or mm-hmm. at least i hope not joey's like what kids what Fuck no. <laughs> i have other steps to go through first <laughs> yes yeah so that is kids a, that is a no. nutty yeah, kids are a no <laughs> it was an and a wild comparison but more on robin williams he would often give fake answers to people who asked him what the title of the movie went and he would usually say i told them it's an island in the caribbean book your travel there early <laughs> funny one uh i i don't know how much i'll have to listen back to know if i really have to cut this or not or it was mentioned but the scene where van pelt goes and buys the gun obviously we said the hilariousness and also how bad that looks in 2022 and is not hilarious at all about getting a gun uh there was a big thing at the time in the 90s though apparently about postal workers going crazy and shooting up their workplaces which we know can be pretty much fucking anybody at this point in time, which sucks, but is the expression going postal right there. So with the way he's dressed with 
whatever that fucking <laughs> hat type thing is, it makes it's, sense dude, for that fucking owner to silently just be like, you're not a postal worker, are you? <laughs> so hilarious. So he at least had some observations, knowing that what he was doing was wrong without letting him go through the waiting period and whatnot. You know, all right, we were a little more caring in the 90s, maybe, but still careless. Caring, but careless. Our next hit single. Yeah. Written in the nineties, I like it. By Lagwagon, we got two. Yeah, we're we're gonna save them. We're gonna listen back through. We're gonna really good. And then we don't need to name songs thirteen beers to go if we don't want to. But also we can, because why not? <laughs> that might be a thing. <laughs> Another Could fun be. spoiler thing alert. Is... Hello, spoiler alerts in this, y'all. Hope you see this movie and know about that band called Lurking Class. They're around in the nineties for sure. They sound like it, I think. Anyway, on with the facts section and things that really happened to film the rhinoceros stampede sequence. The production crew rigged a hydraulic ram to launch a steel rhinoceros through the wall of the library. The steel rhino was replaced by a herd of animals with CGI during post-production. Obviously. (laughs) Isn't that funny? So, like, they're seeing something like, oh, that looks okay. Oh, that's what's crashing through. Oh, fun destroying things it's great and then not destroying things but another fun thing i got from robin williams here he says that acting alongside the cgi effects were like taking lsd because you had to hallucinate everything (laughs) whereas the special effects and graphics are inserted into the film in post-production obviously most people know this if you didn't you know uh the actors must quote interact with the animals and objects that aren't really there. They get, they're holding a little stick, you know, and that's usually what it is or something. And they make them look in a certain area. There's a lot of, mm-hmm. lot, lot of that on like Jurassic Park with giant dinosaurs. They're just like, yeah, there was no dinosaur. It was a really long stick. <laughs> it's just like, I bet they wanted to fetch that really long stick. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a, it's an interesting one. That's, a, that's about most of what I've got for the old, uh, the old Robin Williams and fun fact stuff. Everyone feel free to look it up. You know, uh, I got those sites, a lot of IMDB and whatnot on here, but we can jump into some more info that'll lead into the game, a uh, game, quick game portion of Cute. this here event that we have where I would specifically like to just start by asking very simple questions. Like, does anybody know the date of when this film came out? Month, day, or year? I know the year. Yeah, I know the year, too. Do you guys want to um, take a guess at dates and we can see who's closest? December sure. 14th. Dismember. <laughs> Dis- I don't know. Dismember 14th. Dismember. <clears throat> I'm... I'm gonna say I'm I'm gonna say November twentieth. Ooh, so we both think it's around that wintry time of the year. It would seem. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you would be close because it was December fifteenth. Holy shit! You did a Christmas movie. (laughs) Holy shit! Well, you were really close. I was really close. I didn't expect that. I didn't know if the Christmas thing at the end was going to be like a big reveal of it being like a Christmas movie or not, but clearly y'all had the wherewithal to know. But we also like to talk about budgets sometimes in these blockbuster Ooh. 
hits of a soon to be franchise in the future of now is the past and it's confusing. Uh, the budge who's Ooh. big numbers. Um, I, will, I will say it is between 50 mil and a hundred mil to give you guys a little ballpark at least. Okay. Um, I will guess 68. Ooh. Good round number. What do you think? I'm, I'm Jose Jalapeno. 75 million. 75 million. Yes. It would happen to be 65 million. Oh, Lou is hell. Well, hella close guesses. Oh, yeah. Now, here is where it gets nutty because there's an opening weekend where they make a certain amount of money. As we know, astronomical differences in movies today. This is the 90s. Y'all have any idea how much they would have made in the opening weekend knowing that the budget is $65 million. So this isn't the overall. We'll do that whole mm. domestic gross next. This is just any idea of how much a movie like this could make in the 90s. Opening weekend. Opening weekend, yeah. Um, I will as, say... as they, as you know, like Maverick just broke a bunch of records for doing that shit and it's crazy now. Mm. Way, way, gonna be way less than that in the 90s. For just an sure. opening weekend. But yeah, what do you think? Uh, I would say like... The budget was that. I, I would say like they hit maybe like... Like 20 mil opening. 20 mil? Yeah. See, I, was, I was thinking more like 50 mil for some reason. I feel like they yeah. hit it real big. Well, I mean, yeah. It's an opening weekend. Yeah, wondering how big this movie was because all of us. I mean, Lou, did you catch it in theaters? Did I mention that, by the way? So I did not get. I did not get to see it in theaters, but I saw it as soon as it came to. Well, we ran. I got it on VHS. Like yeah, from right. Video King or fucking we got whatever. It on, as soon as it we got came it on out. VHS, yeah, I got a cool case of it. But it was for sure like a few years later. So I didn't know. But um, opening weekend, just eleven mil is how much it made. 11 old million. So, Lou, you were a little over that. Still close, though. Mm, Joe, interesting. Joey, I was waiting. Joey, yeah. <laughs> Joey, Joey was a little off this time, but we'll lead you more towards probably having an idea of the overall domestic gross, is what I'll say here, because this was the 90s, so I this didn't have an international release back then, is what I... I tried looking for a little bit, and, you know, like I always say, when... There's a lot going on. We don't have the time for it. If I got paid to do this, I could definitely find way more, but I couldn't look for that any more than the few minutes I chose. And I got a domestic gross here for the few months it was out, the end of 95 and into January. What do y'all think was made overall for this run, which I was assuming is like two months you know, back then for a good movie? It's probably how long it was out there for. Hmm. Do you think it made overall a bunch think, more than the sixty-five mil? Yeah, I, I, I think it, I think it did. I think we're gonna be a bit like, fucking. I don't know, dude. So, as, all right. So, would you maybe like just go, Joey? Maybe? Just pick a number. <laughs> not every, not every, not every game is skill based here. Just pick a number. <laughs> okay, I'll go seventy-five million, dude. 
There you go. <laughs> okay, so the budget was you said sixty five. So I'm gonna say that so, you they know, did it make it back and did it make it back in heaps or just a little bit yada yada yada. So I do. So at the beginning of this, when we were talking, like I'm gonna call this a blockbuster. I'm gonna say this made yep. like I'm gonna say it's made like two hundred million. It's a block. That would be a blockbuster at the time for sure. Because I think this is still probably a lot for what it was and mainly geared towards maybe kids or younger folks, but kind of still, I think has something for people of all ages. Uh, domestically, those few months, it made a hundred million. Oh shit. Nice. So I, I, so I think Joey is a little closer being under not doing any prices, right? Ruling. Cause it's just a little nutty, <laughs> but, um, I, I had another thing here that I just, I thought it would be funny, but I wasn't sure how difficult, this would be honestly because I didn't know I didn't know like how to arrange this game. So I'll just kind of describe what I have here for you and see if there's something fun we can establish within a just finish this off strong. But it's the weekly box office review game. And what I have here are the top five grossing films in the end of December of 1995. Oh. And this is just domestically. Oh, so I got the top five, and I'm basically telling you that Jumanji is in the top five at this point. So it's basically the end of 1995, you know? Some of these movies might have been out for a month or so, and they're ending their run, but there might be one that came out around the same time and so has a lot, has a lot of uh, money raked in there. I'm going to give you guys these five... Uh, totals of of monies what i think would be fun is to give you the total of the money and see if you can just guess where you think jumanji is in the ranking so i'll give you the five totals i'll say them a couple times if y'all need me to because i know it's a lot not written down in front of you but where do you think jumanji would be and if you have some auxiliary guesses you know of other huge movies around the end of 1995 we can get there, but let me list from first to fifth. The number one film earned at the end of this month or whatever, you know, December 1995, it earned 101 million, rough estimate. The number two earned 48 million, rough estimate. And the third was 46 million, so just a little under it. And the fourth is 31 million. And the fifth was 30. So I know it kind of trails off lots of numbers there. But where do y'all think, which one of those basically? You can say first to fifth place or if you want the number of how much I, it made again. What do you think Jumanji was at least on this list? It's for sure I, one of those five. I'm not fucking with y'all. I'd love to, but I'm not. I think number three. Uh, yeah. Number three was the <laughs> the forty six mil. You guys, you guys both want to go with that? We're we're having fun today. We don't need any assured yeah. winners. We got a full franchise to do with this, so we'll declare something at the end of the third, like we do. Make sure y'all tune in for them. You you game skippers, the champion Jumanji, Jumanji. If you guys want to go, if you both, hey Jumanji, I'm one. Hey you, yeah. <laughs> hey. This is this is my stand-up bit called "If Andrew Dice Clay Was Sucked Into Jumanji." <laughs> hey, is fucking Susie Lou gonna roll a five up there? She gonna slob on my knob first. Oh, 
And that is oh. my if Andrew Dice Clay sucked into the Jumanji game. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Excellent. Yep. That's very good. I also have one that's <laughs> of Henry Winkler <laughs> playing Fonzie <laughs> in the back of a line at an Italian deli shop. All right, ready? This is it. Hey, we're waiting here. Now that was Henry Winkler as Fonzie <laughs> standing in line nice. at an Italian deli shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank nice. you. So lots of hullabaloo going on here. Uh, <laughs> hullabaloo, you want to go with the third slot, which is 46 million. Please. Joey, do you want to double down on that? Or do you yeah, want to guess so. another one? All right. Uh, well, let me tell you. Let me tell you guys that number three is a film called Father of the Bride Part Two that earned $46 million oh. in December 1995. Oh, so close. <laughs> but it's it's not... You want to guess another one? <laughs> guess another one? Where do you... Yeah. Where, uh, do you all th- where do you all... Come on. Not Father I'll of the Bride Part 2 here. I'll go with number Jumanji two. Part 1. You're going to go... What was that? You're going with 2? Two? 2-2. Two. Two, two. Yeah, we'll go with 2. 2-2. Two, two. All right. I will go Generally with... Two. I will go with number... I'll go to number four. So two was 48 mil roughly, and four yeah. was 31 million roughly. You think that's what it made in that month? Yeah. Both, both of you? Yeah. Well, let me tell you that the number fourth with the 31 mil is a film called Heat of the Great oh, Val nice. Kilmer, Al Pacino, De Niro. Yes, that was 95. Tommy Seizes More. That, that was what happened there. Number two, <coughs> with the 48 mil as Joey coughs into his fresh headset. I apologize. <laughs> I just want to make sure people know what I'm saying. It could cut out in Anchor's way of doing it without any of us doing anything, honestly, you know? They'll just, they'll, they'll, they'll just hear me say pisses sorry. me the fuck off. They'll just hear you sorry and they'll never hear you guess dennis hopper and i'll be fucking pissed off about it for eons and eternities oh my god number two 48 mil jumanji oh how do you know how the fuck did he know now here's the fun part we know this deep in our loins we mentioned this film today while doing this podcast the number one movie with 101 million dollars in 1995 december Jurassic Park. No. <laughs> did we did we mention Toy Story? It was Toy Story. Oh. Was and really? Joey is ejaculated for the third time on this podcast. It was Toy Story. Yep. I remember seeing Toy Story when I was three years old around Christmas time. Oh, nice. Huge, huge monster thing. The crazy thing is it came out like the end of November. So it was still beating out movies for like two months, basically That's being number crazy. one. It's still, that's like it's third week that it was out probably and made 101 mil by the end of that month. And you know, what's crazy. That movie is still making money. Like, like Bonko money. Oh, I know, dude. I mean, it's it insane. should be, it, it brought, Pixar. I mean, yeah, it made Pixar. Course. Yeah. But I'm just saying, it's just like, it's crazy how like, that how that movie is just held up even like up until yeah that franchise never needed to be rebooted they kept going at it slowly but surely they kept going and making them jumanji was really big but had to you know had to to, be the one movie until had the one movie and then yeah fucking 20 years pretty much Mm -hmm. 
I know, dude. That's fucking nuts. So I think the only other one we didn't mention that everybody knows, a classic involving Mrs. Doubtfire and the drive-by fruiting himself, Goldeneye with 30 mil in the five slot. Hell yeah. (laughs) Goldeneye raking it in. Yeah. It was probably out a little before that, so it didn't make all the money. But um, it's Jumanji is all I want to say. You, How do we end this? Come on. How do you win the game? You call out its name. Jumanji. 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 No! <laughs> Joey oh, yeah. just got sucked back into the game, and Lou is fucking jealous that it's not him. Clearly. <laughs> but uh, it's a really cool sequence of when he drops the dice, too. And they're all, the house is completely fucked. Everything's in shambles. Our life is in shambles. Judy's dying because she got poisoned. You remember that? She's dying. So they then mm-hmm. saved her life. Who did more damage here now? The kids or those or them? I don't, you know, there's a lot going on. But uh, I'm Good excited. Question. I'm excited to continue. And we will clearly be going in the next order if all goes well with Jumanji. Welcome to the jungle. 20 years later, we got Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yeah, that stuff. <laughs> so that'll be fun. In 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 closing, any closing thoughts? Gentle Jungle. Watch, watch this movie. <laughs> if, you, if you've never seen fucking Jumanji for some reason, you've been what living under doing? a rock for the past like... You've been living in a jungle 20, 20, for 26 years. years. Whatever. Yeah, <laughs> if you've been living in the jungle for 26 years, you're fucking up. You need to watch some Jumanji. And if you find some weird game in the attic and you're playing with this girl that kind of likes you but probably already has another boyfriend, maybe she's not the most trustworthy person to finish out the game and roll a five or an eight for you yeah. to come back. So don't get stuck there for 26, 26 years. years. Choose the right friends is all I'm saying. Lou, you got anything? Yes. Play Jumanji I mean, response. You're Joey. <laughs> I, I know, I know, I know, I know. I had to finish my statement. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're good. <laughs> I was just trying to include the bass player, man. Thank you. I appreciate you. The rhythm section, baby. Rhythm section. We, we keep gotta it together. To, Got to stick gotta together, s- man. Keep it together. together. Keep it together. Keep it together. K-I-T. Keep it together. The, uh, no, I think the only thing the only thing I would highly recommend is either you know go to your public library, look it up online. Definitely check out the book um, and let us know what you think. Uh, lurkingclassfish.gmail.com. Yeah, that you um, might need to order off Amazon. <laughs> definitely, definitely I'd recommend checking it. If you, I mean, I know that my parents still have a copy of it somewhere in their basement, <laughs> but, uh, but check it out, check it out and check it. out. And not only, not only, you know, not only for like that specific, like book, um, check out Chris Van Allsburg's like other stories as well. Oh, the Strangers, yeah, Crazy, Zathura. Zathura like, turned into a movie. Like, I don't a decade after this one, you know? Yeah. I, I like that. Young young Josh Hutcherson, uh, Dax Shepard is in it for a minute. Yeah. In it for a minute. How does that sound there, fun? What's wrong? With there's me? there's a lot of really, really cool stuff. Um, Just a Dream is one of my personal favorites. Um, that Ooh. is a literal fever dream through illustrations and yeah. traveling. It's beautiful uh um, two bad dream. ants is also pretty awesome too uh Ooh, but and uh, the polar express polar express uh, is book. probably the most famous i would most famous I would... i've always recommend that book around christmas time over the movie the movie's got its cool creepy face cgi stuff you know that is made fun of in everything around the 2000s and tom hanks is great and all but polar express book is where it's at for sure illustrations galore mad cool stuff continue your van allsberg spiel lou 
no, that's it. Just uh, ch- be sure to uh, to check that shit out. And uh, again, to echo kind of Joey sentiment, if you haven't watched this movie, fucking get out of the board game and watch it. You fucking bums. This is yeah. great. <laughs> this is this a crazy is great. one to have not. Even you heard from all of us, somebody born in the late 80s, somebody born in the early 90s, somebody born in the late 90s. We all were gifted to see gifted enough to see this uh, mm. as cho- as children in our respective time periods you know so if you haven't that's fucking nuts but you gotta you gotta try it out as an adult and at least you know it's just one of those this is you know for a movie that maybe wasn't as huge as like platoon and interstellar and all those awards and whatnot like the gravity of films today this is one of those incredibly one of the most impactful like movies that we've covered so far on the 30 something episodes we've done in this podcast at least that's what i think you know you know a lot of mm-hmm. them like mean a lot to me that i've chosen and i've seen throughout my whole life but this is like this is when i was like saying like we got to do little giants or like sandlot rookie of the year you know i was like yeah. we got to do like a quintessential like childhood classic that is just nostalgia and joy and so many things thrown into one that just make it a perfect film and i will defend this jumanji movie as being if not a near perfect film i'd say especially for children young adults just love it absolutely love it go watch it call out its name everybody while you're in bed with your lover that you've been married to (laughs) for years and you don't want to think about her think about robin williams saving those kids from that cgi and practical lion and then call out its name you say its name (laughs) (laughs) nice and stay tuned. <laughs> Scream it while Joey is fapping away on here for everyone. <laughs> <laughs>